This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Welcome to Shepherding Our Hearts with Addie and Tina Shepherd. <laughs> we <laughs> are still doing our um, different women of and the Bible. Yeah, and looking at their hearts and that type of thing. However, today's a little different. Because they're they're not real people. They're not real people. They're, oh I'm sorry, I whispered again. <laughs> They're fictional people. No, actually, it is just from a parable. So we decided to do... That does make them fictional. Yeah. It's just weird to call it fictional when it's in the Bible. But it is. But it is. It is. So The Bible's not fictional. However, Jesus did tell stories in the Bible that were fictitious. Yes, in nature. So, to teach a point. So, we're going to use that point. And we're going to talk about the wise virgins. So, from Matthew chapter... And it's a little teaser. Next week we'll do the foolish versions for virgins. <laughs> Anyways. And Adam's now gonna read <laughs> the parable. So it is found in Matthew chapter twenty-five, and we're gonna read verses one through thirteen. And today it's gonna be good reading. You think they could hear that? <laughs> I don't know, but if you could, that was Strider. So he doesn't often make an appearance in our podcasts. Of course, he was actually gone for about seven weeks, but he's been back <laughs> he's for back. a few now. So uh, he wanted to say hi. Yeah, he missed you. Uh, anyways, verses, no, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, which says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Did you hear that? I did. That, that was, was like great pro reading. level reading. I'm so proud of you. I knew you could do it. So we need to look at some lessons that we can learn from these wise virgins. And I think the first one may be a little obvious, but just the fact that they were prepared, right? They had enough oil to wait for the bridegroom. So... And it says that he was delayed in his coming, so they had to have enough oil to um, wait out the time that he might take to get there. So they were prepared, and we can learn a lesson from that that we also need to be prepared. So having enough um, oil to wait it out. And um, so if you turn to Second Peter chapter 3, We'll read a few few verses over there. First I can talk. Yeah, maybe I should read. Over her. Second Peter chapter three, 
You ever know where a chat or a book is in the Bible and then literally just can't find it? Yeah, I don't for, usually for no reason. I don't usually have that problem, but just a few minutes ago I was trying to find Philippians and I turned to Ephesians, thought I was in Philippians, and then I kept reading the verses I thought was supposed to be in Philippians and I was like, These aren't right. What's wrong here? Yeah, definitely the wrong book, but that's okay. Second Peter chapter three Starting in verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And this is the part I wanted to focus on here. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. So, just essentially the idea of looking for these things to come, right? To be watchful, to be prepared, to be ready. That's right. Going back to the Lion King. Uh, But just being prepared and being ready when that time shall come. Because you don't know when. Yeah, we don't know when. It shall come like a thief in the night. Whether it's when Jesus comes back or you die. You don't know when either of those things are going to happen. So, yeah, so be prepared always. Like, be working, be growing. And if you go on to, and I turned away from it already, but... In Second Peter, I was also going to read um, verse 18 of that same chapter. I'm already there. Feel me to read it. Second Peter 3.18. Yeah. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So just the closing thoughts there that Peter gives us. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's part of the way that we can be prepared and be watching, right? Is just to always be growing and... Um, getting better every day that's it yeah it's actually not it because i still have a point oh i actually had a sub point oh as well there's a sub point the sub point being that we need to make sure that we are in it for the long haul because these five were um they didn't just give up after a while right and i think so many times christians can be like that they can be like become a Christian and they work and they work and like, you know, 10 years goes by or 20 years goes by and then they feel like, whew, I've done a lot. So I'm just going to sit back and like let other people do the work now. And your work might change over the years. I mean, obviously times when like people have small children, their work for God might look different than it does at other times, but you still need to be working and doing what you can. So just to continue that and never just to kind of sit back and let someone else do it. And this is where I had the verses in Philippians. I did eventually find it, and they're good verses. Philippians chapter 3. See if I can find Philippians the first try this time. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. And this is Paul writing, and he had just talked about how he um, should not sit back and just rest on the fact that he had all of these different um, benefits of being a Jew and a prominent Jew. 
and you know all these things that he had done and that, um, that he had done for God as a Jew. He said, "I'm not going to count any of that um, towards my faith." So in verse twelve. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So just essentially saying, I'm not going to sit back and be like, you know, yes, I was a Jew and I studied here and I did all of these things and I had all the zeal and I, I, you know, did all this stuff for God. Granted, Saul had done it a lot in the wrong way, but if he were counting back on that, he could be like, I was doing all this stuff. So now I'm good. But no, he said, I'm not, no, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to press forward always reaching for that prize of the high calling. So, never giving up. Don't be complacent in your Christianity. That's right. Keep working towards the goal. All right, did you have a point? I did. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Mine's going to sound a little funny when I just say it. Because my point is to be selfish. Wow, Addie. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, if you look... But the story that we just read in Matthew, it's when they, when the foolish virgins ask for the oil, the wise virgins are like, no, we can't give that to you. And we need to be the same way with our salvation. We can't, we can't put our soul at stake for other people. Nope. It's not worth it. Absolutely not. And what would happen if they did? give it to them then nobody would have enough exactly exactly um or if just one person was like well here take mine well then they didn't get in so you have to be selfish with your salvation and i have down matthew 16 verse 26 which says for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul so just your soul is worth so much. We should not risk it for anything. Be selfish with your salvation. I think that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people might think that's a little... Like you said, it just sounds funny. Um, but I've done a whole like Camp Devo about that before. That that is the one thing that you need to be selfish about. So if your family doesn't like that you're a Christian or that you're following God. Well, it doesn't matter. It, you can be res- you respectful to them, loving to them. You want the best for them still. So in that, you try to teach them and help them. But you don't give up your, your own faith. For no one. Um, for anyone, yeah. For friends, for family. Um, and, you know, Jesus said it as well, that we're supposed to, um, anyone who doesn't hate their father and mother, but it really means to love less, than God, right? You have to love God first and everything else comes after that. So yeah, that's your priority in all things. So, but like you said, if they had shared their oil, then nobody would have had enough, which essentially is the same thing. If you compromise your faith to make someone else feel better, then that's not going to get them into heaven. It's true. (laughs) So it's not going to help them. And it's not going to help you. Yeah. So, 
Don't sacrifice your salvation for anyone or anything. Not even the whole world. It makes me think, too, of the idea, you know, when you're on an airplane. And what do they always tell you to do with those um, oxygen masks? Put yours on first. Is that selfish? And give it to others. No. Because no. who can you help if you're dead? That's right. And the same way, who can you help if you've compromised your own faith? And so, basically, then your faith is not an active, true faith anymore. You're not going to be able to help anybody. So, you got to keep your faith and help others. So. Amen. Amen. That's that's the right lesson. So that was that was a good one. You know, we were discussing what we were gonna do before this, and Mom was like, "What if we did the wise virgins and then the foolish virgins?" And I was like, "I said virgins, said, virgins, uh, versions of virgins, <laughs> a foolish version of them." Um, yes, but then she was like, "Are we even gonna have enough to talk about?" Absolutely, we are. Yeah. I said, "We'll figure it out." I thought maybe we needed to do them all together, but I'm glad that we split them up. So we'll, yeah, next week we'll be talking one of about my the favorite foolish. lessons. We did a fantastic job. Oh, let's just pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> I about tipped my whole chair over. You have any uh, relationship advice? Ooh, yeah. Again, when it comes to your faith, don't compromise, even in that relationship. Nice. But again, and this good. is the whole thing. When you say like. Don't be like don't compromise or don't or be selfish with your faith. That doesn't mean to have a poor attitude it doesn't towards mean anyone. Pr- proudful. Definitely don't be proudful, um, but don't don't have a bad attitude towards anyone, right? Because you're supposed to be loving and kind and you can't be mean about it. Yeah, you're not going to win anyone to Christ, and you're also not being the Christian that you need to be if you have an attitude about yourself that I'm better than you or I'm um yeah like you just be humble mm -hmm. and don't don't compromise your salvation yeah and there are many times that it talks about um women you know becoming or professing godliness I'm sorry and just what that can do to other people who see that example of the attitude that they have. So again, just be be loving, be peaceful, be kind, be helpful, shine your light, teach the truth, and in those ways win people over to Christ, but don't compromise your own faith. So that's my relationship advice. That's good. Yeah. Also, if you find the person who's reaching towards the same goals... It's a whole lot easier to reach toward those goals together and to help each other Amen. through them all. So then they're going to want you to not compromise. So they'll encourage you in that too. So look for that person. That's it. That's all I have. That was good. Hey, Addie. Hey, Mama. Do we say thank you? Honestly, I think we do. Thank, thank you. you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.